Welcome to Your Work, Your Way. This is the podcast where you learn to get in touch with your inner CEO with soul. Learn to take charge of your career. Learn to show up with confidence in a way that is aligned with who you really are. I'm your host, Lisa Filia, Masters in Psychology, Certified Life Coach, Expert Career Confidence Coach, and Founder of Believe C. Let's dive in. It's so good to be with you today for another podcast episode. In today's episode is all about guilt. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Hopefully that didn't make you just want to turn the episode off because you don't want to think about guilt or feel it. And if you are somebody who has felt guilt before, which is probably all of us at some point in our lives, But if this is a recurring theme for you, if guilt tends to shape your experience, if guilt tends to control your actions, if guilt tends to dictate your decisions, this episode will help you. And really, I like to leave you all with specific tips and strategies and ways you can apply the episodes to your life so that you're not just learning concepts, you're actually getting solutions, things you can do to help you. And that is true with this episode as well. Today, I am going to leave you with uh, some strategies that can help you shift your guilt. But before we get into the what to do, we need to understand the why, and we will be benefited from understanding the what as well. So we're going to get into all of those fun questions. Fun maybe isn't the right word, <laughs> but we'll have fun as we do it, as we talk about guilt, okay? Okay. Before we get into the actual episode, we are going to share our work win. And today I am celebrating a client who has been using our coaching tools and strategies, as well as the Enneagram, which is a personality typing system that I use with my clients where they figure out their Enneagram type. I take them through a guided process. We do an assessment and I also uh, do a readout with them so that they can understand their Enneagram type. And they use that then to inform how they communicate, how they show up, to help them understand themselves better, to help them get clearer on their motives and their fears. And so this client, their win is they've been really diving into themselves and the Enneagram and using it in how they won are becoming more aware of of why they do what they do, but two, how to leverage their own strengths and understand the strengths and approach of others because we are not all seeing the world in the same way and we don't all respond to conflict in the same way. So the Enneagram can help you understand how to approach situations and how others may be approaching them too. So when You know, when you think you understand something and then you talk with somebody else and they have a completely different take on the same situation, or they would respond in a completely different way. It's not that one of you is right and one of you is wrong. It's just that you have different preferred approaches coming from different motives and different beliefs. So the Enneagram helps to uncover that. And what this client's done then is been using this Enneagram to help in their relationships and through 
this broader understanding, this deeper insight about understanding herself, it's improved her ability to connect with loved ones. And in our last session, she was sharing a win where she and one of her partners, they connected more deeply than really they they often do because they know how to work with one another. They understand the differences and how they approach things and accept it. And the Enneagram and coaching really helped her to do that. So I am so happy for this client and I can't wait to see how this impacts other areas, other relationships as well. Now, to kind of piggyback off of this talk on the Enneagram, I want to make a special offer for you all. As you may have heard, I have officially launched my Soul Activation Coach Certification, which teaches coaches how to attract, how to coach, and how to grow their coaching businesses from a place of soul. The main focus of this training is on coaching, because when you know how to coach yourself and your clients, and you know how to tap into your soul to know what you want, not only does your coaching prosper, but your business itself can grow because you know how to hear you. You know how to help your clients hear themselves and people will keep coming back for more because of the massive breakthroughs that they can have from working with you because you know how to connect them to their soul. So that certification is officially open for enrollment and the actual training for the certification starts the week of April 4th. So we do have some time before that starts, but I have a special bonus for those who enroll early. So this bonus is if you enroll by March 18th, you will get an Enneagram workshop and readout, which means you'll be able to understand your Enneagram type and how you can use that to help you in your business. You'll understand some of your own coaching superpowers because of the Enneagram, your Enneagram type, and you'll understand how you can really take advantage of those strengths and some of uh, the ways you can approach your business because of that. So for those of you who are coaches or who are wanting to become one, this certification is for you. And if you enroll before March 18th, well, actually by March 18th, so you can enroll on March 18th, that's the last day to, to do so to get this special early bird early enrollment offer. So that is available to you. Make sure to enroll by March 18th and you will get this special Enneagram workshop and read out as a part of the certification. All right, let's talk guilt. Okay. I want to start by defining what guilt is. And I want to weave in some stories to make this really come to life. And then I'm going to end with a specific strategy for what you can do when you notice guilt showing up for you. And really the bottom line message here, guilt is a signal to us that our ego's needs have not been met. Guilt is a signal that our ego's needs have not been met. Another way I like to say this that I think sounds really cool, honestly, (laughs) is to say that guilt is gratitude masked in fear. 
And both those concepts are very different ways to talk about the same thing. And this episode will show you how to shift your guilt, how to transform it, how to use it and grow from it so that you can help yourself feel better, honestly. So let's dive in. What is guilt? Guilt really is an emotional tension point because it implies that there's a I want versus I should conflict. Some part of you wants something, some part of you thinks you should do something, and the dynamic of wanting versus shoulding gets to the point where we can become really conflicted and confused on how to proceed. And guilt is the representation of this tension point where you're being pulled from these two different ends of of how to respond and it's hard to know what to do. And it's this heavy weight, this tension point that is created from it. With guilt, sometimes this means you want to do something, but to let yourself do it, you make yourself feel bad for it, almost like a payment. Like, oh, well, I'll let myself leave work at 5 p.m. as opposed to staying late every day, but I'll make myself feel bad for leaving early, almost like I'm doing my own penance, like I'm I'm paying my own debt by feeling terrible about it. Like you justify leaving by making yourself feel guilty. So sometimes we use guilt in that way where we want to leave work at 5 p.m., but we think we should stay late. So we either notice the guilt and stay late because of it and then get resentful over the fact that we didn't leave when we wanted to leave, or we notice the guilt and we leave anyways, but feel guiltier and guiltier because of it. So we end up creating more guilt because we we left. So it's almost like we're either paying a debt by making ourselves feel bad for doing what we want instead of what we think we should, or we do what we want, but feel resent or we don't do what we want, but we feel resentful for it uh, as a means to get out of having to feel guilty. Not a very fun dynamic at all. And just to add another layer of complexity to this, I want to share that guilt doesn't always mean there's something you want versus something you should do. And so you have to choose whether you do what you want or you do what you should. Because sometimes you want the things on both sides of the equation. You might have a decision where you could do X or Y and you want to do X and you want to do Y, but you can't choose what to do in that moment because you have so many judgments about that situation. And that puts you in this place of should. You're in the should mode, and that mode makes it impossible to really decide holistically on what to do because you're trapped in, I'll call it society brain. You could also think about it as your conditioned brain or your rule brain, all the rules that you set up about what it means to be a good human versus your own true desires and your true wants that come from a soul-led place. Because guilt implies duty. It implies obligation. It means that at some point, you decided it's your job to do something like you should do it. That's the obligation. That's the duty. And so whether that thing you should do is provide for your family, be available to friends, give money to charity, stay late at work, give a gift on Christmas, whatever it might be, when you have a sense of requirement, it masks your ability to hear yourself. 
So I'm going to give you an example. And I think this example will help those of you who've experienced it in this way. So this was, this was several months ago, maybe like nine months ago. Anyways, I was with my husband. And for those of you who don't know, we just moved from California to Michigan and we are honestly loving Michigan. It's been so fun. We love the weather. We love the unpredictableness of not knowing what's going to happen with snow versus rain versus the sun shining. We love that our dog loves walking in the snow now. He used to not like walks at all. Now we can't get enough of them. We have to drag him home. (laughs) Whereas we used to have to kind of drag him out the door. So there's been so much, so much fun with this. But about nine months ago, we were in Michigan for my brother's engagement party before we had officially decided that we were going to move to Michigan. And so my husband and I had planned a trip out and we were in Michigan. And we always feel a little conflicted when we would visit Michigan because we wanted to see the area and we also have so much family here that we also want to see. So it it can make an interesting point of tension because we have so much time only in 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 the state, how do we make the best of it is kind of the the thought process. So at this point, I wanted to see my sister and I wanted to explore the state to figure out where we would live if we chose to live here. I wanted both, both to see my sister and to explore the state to figure out where to live. And they seem to be mutually exclusive because they were in different areas. There were different types of time commitments. They, they didn't feel like they could happen at the same time. It didn't feel like, oh, just bring her along to explore the state. That, that didn't feel like the solution we were after. So then I had to decide, well, what do I do? But before I could truly answer that question, guilt reared its head, meaning all of these judgments, all of these obligations, all of these senses of duty started consuming me almost thoughts like I should see my sister because you never know how long you're going to have with family. You never know what could happen. You don't get to see her that often. You really should go and see her. And then I should explore the state though, because we have limited time here. And this was part of the reason we added on extra days to our trip. It was to explore the state, not to see family because we knew we needed to make a decision on where to live. I should honor that reasoning. I should do that because my husband also wants to explore the state. Then it was, well, no way, but I should see my sister because really, truly family should be top priority over anything. And then my brain was like, yeah, but no, but I should explore the state because I never get a break and I have to honor that. And sometimes you just need to go on a road trip and sometimes you just want to have fun and not feel obligation or pressure. And my brain was just going back and forth on what I should do from every angle. And we're driving in the car, my husband and I, and I'm sharing with him where I'm at, basically spinning now in all of these directions about what to do. And he looks at me and he goes, of course you would have found a way to feel guilty about every possible answer, 
every point of decision had multiple ways you could feel guilty for it. And he said it in such a way that was so kind and also so aware (laughs) of what was going on. I just looked at him and was like, you're right. And I kind of laughed because it was so funny just to see how creative my brain could be in terms of finding ways to feel guilty. And seeing it gave me the opportunity to realize that there could be another way, that I didn't have to stay in guilt. And I want to offer this to anyone out there who's experienced guilt to notice When guilt comes up and you'll know the signs, you'll know when you're there because you'll hear things like, I should do, I'm supposed to do, I need to do, I can't do, it's better if a good person would, the right thing is. You'll hear that type of language, this moral, ethical type of language that has a a tightness, a heaviness to it. And so notice first the language, notice how it's showing up for you. And one of the other places that this often showed up for me in the past was with work, thinking I should keep working. I needed to keep working. It was the right thing to do to keep working. I was supposed to be a team player and that meant keep working. So that's another example of what it might look like. So first, acknowledge by noticing when you're having the shoulds come up, the obligation that's often a cue of a guilt approach, and then You want to release yourself from the obligation. You want to release it because truly what we think we should do or we're supposed to do or we even have to do, it's often our own mind telling us things, trapping us in approaches that we truly don't have to trap ourselves in. We don't have to do most things. There's very few things that we have to do. And really even ask yourself, is there anything I actually have to do? Notice the rules that your brain constructed around what a good life is supposed to be or a good person is supposed to be or who you're supposed to be. Release yourself from the obligation, from the duty. This duty that you put on your own back that you chose to bear, is it really what you want. And if it's what you want, then don't see it as a duty. See it as a choice, as a decision you made for yourself. That makes it less of a have-to forced feeling and more of a choice that you get to make. And so if you're noticing these obligations you've put on yourself, and even like with work, Sure, maybe your boss is telling you, you need to stay late for the rest of the month because we have too much going on and that's just what it is. And you might feel you have to, a sense of obligation, a sense of duty, and you might feel trapped by it. And if that's the case, I want you to notice the choice though, the part that is your choice. Unless you're, you're shackled to your desk and you can't have a key to get out, you literally can get up and walk away. And yeah, you have other requirements that, that you're making you maybe not want to get up and walk away from that job, 
but it is a choice. And just seeing it that way can create more of a sense of power for you. Give you a little bit of your own freedom back by acknowledging the choice that you're making. And the other thing I want to invite you to do is to actually release yourself from the sense of obligation. Look at what you've obligated yourself to. And if you're not sure what that is, I invite you right now to get out a piece of paper on the top of it, write things I think I'm supposed to do or things I think I have to do, write everything down that comes to mind. And then with each one, out loud, name the thing and say, I release the obligation. Working late, I release the obligation. Saying yes to that event that I don't want to go to, I release the obligation. Helping out at that event that you didn't really care to volunteer for in the first place, I release the obligation. Agreeing to that other responsibility, that task, that project, I release the obligation. This isn't saying you don't do any of these things. It's saying you let go of the thought that you have to do them, that you're obligated to do them, that it's your duty to do them. Even if it's in your job description, a job description feels sometimes like a binding contract, but we all know that jobs ebb and flow, and oftentimes we end up doing things that are beyond our job description. But even if the thing you have to do is exactly on the job description that you were paid to do, it's not that it's your obligation. Those are the agreements that you came to to take that job but it's still your choice. Release the sense of obligation. The reason this is so important is because it helps you to get your sense of power back. And when you release the have to, the should mentality, then underneath it, you can decide what you actually want to do. It's really hard to make a good choice when the choice is being overwhelmed with all of this judgment about who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do. That makes it really hard to sift through and take an action that you actually want to take. So when you release the obligation, it's like you're brushing away the shoulds, the have tos, the judgments, and then left behind are the wants, which lets you choose how you want to respond from a place that's soul connected as opposed to being covered in judgment, covered in shame, covered in paranoia. It's very freeing and it's a way to decide that's truly connected to who you are, to what you want and to why you're here. So this is what I want to offer to you. And Sometimes that's enough. That's all you need in the moment. But what I find for those of us who experience guilt as a pattern, repeated over and over, where guilt becomes almost like a default, we need to do some deeper work. We can't just look at the situation at hand, release the sense of duty, and decide because it'll just keep happening. We want to go deeper so that you're not just 
moment by moment making adjustments, though of course that matters and helps, but let's get to a deeper area. Let's help ourselves get to that deeper work. And to do that, we need to get to the need that the guilt was created to address because our brain has goals for survival. And in order to achieve those goals, sometimes certain needs need to be met. And sometimes the way our brain meets those needs is by creating emotions for us to guide us almost, but not always in the most helpful way. (laughs) So what is the goal of the guilt? We need to understand the purpose that guilt serves to understand how to let go of of it and how to do the deeper work of healing so that those needs can be fulfilled and guilt is no longer needed. Because if if the, the goal of the guilt has been achieved, then you don't need the guilt. And what ends up happening when we don't do the deeper work is the way we fulfill the goal of guilt is we end up doing things we don't want to do over and over again as a means to try to fulfill something and make the guilt go away. But that is a way to make the guilt go away, but you end up just end up with more guilt because your brain will continue using guilt as a motivation technique to try to get you to do something in order to fulfill a goal. There's another way to let go of guilt though. A way where you address the need without having to take the action that you don't want to take. That is where coaching can help. And this is beyond the the purpose of this podcast episode because this is deep transformation work that is individualized to you to understand what's going on, what need hasn't been fulfilled, and how can we help you fulfill it in a way that lets you let go of the guilt. That's what we do coaching together. That is what makes one-on-one so powerful. So if you want help with this, join me. I have a couple spots left. I don't have many, but I do have a few spots left for one-on-one coaching. You can schedule your free consult with me at believeseed.com slash schedule, and that will be your opportunity to get on a call with me where we dive into what's showing up for you. We see what's working, what isn't. We make a roadmap forward to address where you're at and what you're wanting and talk about how coaching can help you move forward and help support you with what you're after. So join me in one-on-one coaching. And if you are a coach or wanting to become one, and you want to know how to help guide your clients through this, help your clients understand the motive, the goal beneath the guilt, then join my Soul Activation Coach Certification. We will go over this. We will talk about how to address ego needs in order to help create more of a sense of fulfillment so you can help your clients take action from a place that's soul-led and not just out of responsive fear, out of reactivity. So if you want to join the Soul Activation Certification, the link is in the show notes. You can also go to my website, beliefseed.com, and you'll find a button there linking to the Soul Activation Certification. It has all the details, and it also includes that Enneagram workshop and readout that will take place for those who enroll before March 18th. You won't see that written about uh, in depth on the 
landing page about the certification because it is a special bonus offer uh, for those who sign up by March 18th. So make sure to do that in order to get in on that special bonus. All right, let's get back now to the content at hand because we do want to know and understand the deeper reason behind the guilt. And that's beyond the the ability to cover in, in one podcast episode. But some questions you can ask yourself to help yourself understand it is you need to get really clear on the goal of the guilt. What need is not being met? What does your ego feel is not being fulfilled? Is it a want to be liked? Is it a desire to be trusted? Is it about having admiration and respect from others? Is it about being seen as a part of the team? What is it? Let's get clear on what that is. Ask yourself, what purpose is this guilt serving? And it will help you get clear on why it's there. And then your next step, and also something I teach in the certification, is addressing that need. Once you address the need, the guilt lets itself go because it no longer has a purpose to be served because you fulfilled it. Now, the last thing I want to talk to you about today is a way to help yourself in the moment when you already notice you're feeling guilt. Because sometimes we don't notice it till it's already there. And then what? Then what do we do? Well, this is where what I talked about the very beginning really can come to play, which is that that phrase I said, I said, guilt is gratitude masked in fear. And what I mean by this is that guilt is approaching an action and a decision from a place of lack, of needing to prove something, of needing to make up for something, of needing to be someone or something to someone or something. It's, it's trying to fill in a perceived lack through your actions and through how you're showing up. But if you already believe you're okay, that you have nothing to prove, that you don't owe anyone anything, that you're not bad or wrong for doing what you want, If you already believe all of that, then there'd be no need for guilt because you wouldn't feel you needed to choose what to do based on a conditioned mind for how you think you're supposed to respond because you'd know that you don't have to do those things. You don't have the sense of the obligation. You don't have to choose from duty. You can choose from soul desire. So if you approached it in this way, from fulfillness, from fullness, from abundance, you wouldn't feel guilt. Instead, you'd feel gratitude. So this is how guilt is gratitude masked in fear. Because if you let go of the fear and the lack and the sense of needing to prove something, the guilt lets go and beneath it, is the gratitude, that gem, that understanding. And to tie this back to the original example I shared around my dilemma about whether to see my sister or explore more areas, when when I let go of the guilt, of the obligation, of the have to, 
What's left is gratitude. Gratitude for having a sister who I love so much and who loves me. Gratitude for the ability to get to explore the amazing state of Michigan and see all the different places we could live. Gratitude for people wanting to see me and wanting to be with me. Gratitude for the choice, for getting to have a choice because there were two things that sounded so fun. Gratitude for a husband who wanted to road trip with me and who wanted to be a part of the journey. All around gratitude. So help yourself shift into gratitude by helping yourself address your own needs. And again, this is where coaching is so helpful. And this can help you to to not force gratitude. I think sometimes people try to, to force gratitude where they're like, I should be grateful. And then they feel guilty about not feeling grateful, which just ironically makes for more guilt. So don't try to guilt yourself into feeling gratitude because you're supposed to be grateful. That's not going to solve it. The only way to solve it is to release the obligation and address the need. Here's another example of, of me doing this. So this was not that long ago. I was on my period and I'm often highly sensitive and exhausted when I'm on my period. And I was also feeling pretty nervous about an upcoming social outing. And that was just heightened even more from my period. I was also starving. (laughs) So this is not a good mix of uh, external factors and physiological factors all coming together at once. Not great. And oh, by the way, all of our pans were dirty. So at this point, I just wanted to storm out of my office and not do anything. And yet I knew I should eat something, as in I should, but really I wanted to eat something in order to really show up as my best and be connected to me. But I didn't want to do any of that. I didn't want to have to wash the pans. I didn't want to have to figure out how to make a meal. And so I was needing to figure out what to do. And at that point, my husband popped out of his office. He'd finished his work for the day and he saw me. He asked me what the game plan was. And I said, well, we need to eat before we head out. And I also said that we're out of easy meals and all our pans were dirty and I didn't know what to do. And he saw my face and he realized how distraught I was. I'd had a long day and it wasn't like I'd done a lot. I was just emotionally depleted, exhausted. And yes, I could get in that kitchen and clean the pan. And yes, I could find something to eat. And yes, I could be fine if I hadn't eaten anything and I just went hungry. That would all be okay. It it wasn't really what I wanted though. And in looking at my face and in hearing my tone and seeing my distress, my husband said, you know what? I got it. I'll make us some eggs. You just relax. And then he grabbed one of the pans and started cleaning it so we had something to cook the eggs in. And then he got eggs out of the fridge and he cracked them in a bowl so he could make us some eggs. It was so kind. And my initial reaction that I felt inside was guilt and shame. How could I possibly take him up on this? How could that be okay? Is that okay? Uh, not 
not to do anything, to just have him do it. He also had a day at work. Was it okay to let him do this? All of these concerns about what I should do. Uh, A good wife should pick up the pan and clean it. A good wife should crack the eggs. A good wife shouldn't complain. A good wife, like all of these rules. And it's not about being a wife. It's about just being in a partnership. I'm not even talking from a gendered standpoint here. Just in general, like a partner in a marriage. And it was like, I didn't feel like it was okay to let him do that for me unless I felt terrible about it, unless I guilted myself about it. So it was almost like I was like, wait, I can't possibly take him up on this, can I? Not without making myself feel terrible, right? And then I noticed the thoughts and I noticed the guilt coming up and I paused and I realized, okay, oh, this is my chance right here. I noticed I'm thinking that I have to prove myself to my husband, to myself, but I don't. I love me. He loves me. And honestly, the last thing that he would want for me to do right now is to take him up on his favor and then feel mad at myself for it. So I don't even get to enjoy the relaxation that he was offering to me. I could just relax. I could release the obligation. And so that's what I did. I let myself just be pleased. Just be so pleased to have this husband who cared, have this husband who was a true partner, have someone who had my back and that I didn't have to prove anything or do anything or feel anything for it. I could just accept it as a gift and not have to feel guilty. So I thanked him deeply and truly. It wasn't like a, oh my gosh, thank you so much, which I often do from like this desperate place and then beat myself up and shame myself for relaxing. No, I truly and deeply just felt gratitude. I thanked him and I walked away and I relaxed. It felt strange, honestly, like to to just I felt like I'd gotten away with something, but not in a way where I was shaming myself. It was like, oh my gosh, I can just do this. I can just enjoy and relax and not feel bad for it. And this feels so good, so much better than guilt. And it also is a gift to those around us when we allow them to help, when when we take them up on that. And sometimes people won't respond in this way. Sometimes they'll respond from frustration or upset. That wasn't the case in this situation, but that might be. But the moral or the the purpose of this story is to say, you can transform your guilt into gratitude. Let yourself by noticing the signs of when you're about to go into a guilt, shame type of cycle. Acknowledging that's where you're at, releasing the obligation, the requirement to prove, fulfilling the need by finding a way within to fulfill that need, and then the gratitude will be what's left because the guilt dissolves away. That's what I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm truly 
so pleased to get to share this content with you. Grateful for you for listening. And I wish you all the best, all the great gratitude that you can muster, not from a place of force, not from trying to make yourself feel grateful, but from truly looking at the guilt, using it as a cue to guide you, to release what you don't have to hold on to, and to let yourself make a decision and move forward from a soul-inspired place. Thanks for listening to today's episode. And if you loved what you heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. I help my clients to show up and do their work their way with soul. Whether it's so you can excel in your current role or so you can figure out what you want for your next role and get that role, coaching can help you get there. It begins with a consult. Sign up for yours by going to believeseed.com slash schedule. This is your free call and it is that first step towards that new life, that transformation into you doing your work in your way with soul.